in this episode priyamada ramkumar talks about her literary journey translating tamil writer sri jayamohan's aram short stories into english and about her future projects her translation of stories of the true was selected under the south asia speaks mentorship program for 2021 where arunava sinha mentored her jagannath books published the book in 2022 The same year she was selected into the American Literary Translation Association mentorship program where she worked with award winning translator Kareem James Abu Zaid. She was awarded the Penheim Translation Fund grant in the year 2023 for her work in progress translation of White Elephant. Again a novel by Jay Mohan Vellai Yanai Earlier this year she won the A Muthulingam Translation Award for Stories of the True instituted by Vijayavasagar Vattam the award recognizes translations from Tamil to English Priyamada welcome to our podcast Arshini Thank you so much for having me I think it's a great show you have on here and uh, I'm uh, very happy to be on it Thank you thank you very much your medium of instruction during school was english how did you start uh, reading uh, tamil literature um yeah so i did go to an english medium school uh, this was under the cbse system but um i learned form- tamil formally in school it was my second language as we call it um having said that i must admit that um you know i came to tamil literature much later i think all my reading while i was in school was i would say almost exclusively in english um but i started reading uh, fairly early um uh, you know i remember there are two or three memories i have from childhood one is uh, you know of sitting in my grandfather's room my grandfather was a journalist uh, back in the day uh, he retired as assistant editor of indian express um and uh, he was a voracious reader uh, at last count he's no more now but at last count his library contained like 3000 books um so i would you know he had this room where there was this single cot surrounded by books uh, on three sides and i always found it uh, fascinating to sit in his room and just you know look at those books he was of course you know uh, a history buff so his room was filled with um, i think history and heritage were his two big interests um not fiction but somehow i think the the bug transferred itself from him to me um the other person that i think uh, influenced me a lot was of course my father uh, he also read widely but in exclusively in english but thanks to him um you know in middle school i was re- like in, I, i think as early as 6th or 7th grade i was reading woodhouse um but a lot of my reading in in school was uh you know i did, i just read widely and indiscriminately i think i wouldn't say this was always serious literature right like i i'd read uh, the likes of jules were jane austen on one side and then there was uh, on the other uh, i know i i i read alistair maclean and daphne du maurier and uh, i came to serious literature much later i think in my mid 20s um that's when i read some of the uh, you know european masters um Tolstoy and Camus and uh, Herman Hesse and so on. Um, and in parallel uh, to all this was what was happening in Tamil. And in school, 
uh, I must say that I had some really wonderful teachers, um, right, and uh, who who instilled the love for the language in me. In fact, uh, when my sister and my cousins um, took to, you know, they shifted to Sanskrit when they had the option in grade six. I kind of refused to do that because I was very keen on continuing with Tamil. And uh, but the sad part is, um, you know, they did not expose me to modern Tamil literature. Um, the exposure we had was largely classical Tamil literature and, um, you know, Tamil grammar, which again was a very fascinating, fascinating subject for me. But um, neither at home nor in school, um, you know, was I exposed to modern Tamil literature and I wish it was different <laughs> today. So I finally came to it through Aram. Um, which is the book I ended up translating as late as, I think, 2012, um, when my now husband kind of gave me the book and said, you must read this. And um, that's that was really my, the first. Uh, I mean, I had read a little bit of like Vasanthi and Shivashankari kind of writers earlier, but uh, this was the book that really got me hooked to, uh, you know, the um, uh, fiction, so to say. In some On our podcast... Uh... You are the third Tamil to English translator uh, that we are talking to. Um, we spoke to Suchitra Ramchandran, of course, uh, she translated beautifully Yela Mulagamdi into Abyss. And then uh, we spoke to Aniruddhan Vasudevan. It's very interesting that uh, all three of you, you started with English uh, almost in the same age group. And you came back to Tamil. You not stopped it reading, right? You started translating it. I believe it's very vibrant. The Tamil to English translation. It's a it's a very good trend. Yeah, I think um, uh, you know translations from Tamil to English, of course, goes back a long way. It's not, um, and it's one of the languages maybe after Bengali and Malayalam, which has been translated the most. Um, so there's certainly a lot of history to look back on and take inspiration from. Um, there are very senior uh, translators like uh, Mr. Kalyan Raman, Padma Narayan and so on, who uh, have really shown us the way, um, uh, you know, to this world. Uh, having said that, I think, um, as is the case, I think across the country, this really happens uh, from a place of passion because today I don't think there are any formal courses that one can go to um, to to learn translation. Um, maybe now there's one that's conducted by the Ahmedabad University. Um, but um, you know, it's it's um, it's lacking this you know formal education in, in that sense for someone who's inclined to this craft is that lacking. So you really take to it uh, out of passion. And normally, I think um, maybe as as is the case, you know, I was listening to uh, your podcast with Anirudhan. And I think um, he was really, ta- he said he was really taken by the book and wanted to translate it, right? So it's, uh, that's probably a commonality again in all of our journeys. It's uh, some particular text that has inspired us to, um, you know, to, to start this journey. And it's, it's really from a place of sharing more than anything else that um, this journey begins, I think. No, as we read more and more of uh, translations, um, one thing uh, that I realized is that um, a translator, a good translator uh, with a lot of passion and uh, understanding of the language, uh, he can be a great curator. No, absolutely. I think uh, that's very true. And, um, uh, you know, I often think about, you know, now that I have translated one book, 
um and i'm working on my second i often think about what does this really mean to me and um you know uh, do i want to become a professional translator and uh, the answer that i keep coming back to is i'm doing this purely uh, you know for the love of sharing the works that have moved me with uh, a broader audience and in that sense i don't think i would ever want to be a professional translator right and i don't want to be uh, translating something that um, you know is handed to me and i'm commissioned for and i don't necessarily um, you know uh, have my own um, sort of passionate reading of the text so i can't imagine myself doing that and uh, and and i think that's probably the case with a lot of other people in the translation world so um what we are uh, eventually you know when we look back um i mean it's too early for me to say big words like body of work and all of that but uh, even if i do let's say five six books when i look back i would want to say that these these are books that i really uh, believed in and you know they moved me and they uh, taught me something about life and uh, these are great stories that i want to share with uh, with the world um so i think what you're saying about translation translators acting as curators is um, is uh, definitely true in my case and uh, and and as i see the body of works of some of the senior translators i would say that uh, it's definitely true of the community itself uh i think uh, writer jay mohan has been uh, writing for the last uh, 3 and a half decades or more i think 88 or 87 now um, surprised to learn that stories of the true is his uh, first english translation yeah. so uh i mean i it, it honestly it baffled me right which was one of the reasons i decided to translate this book um technically though it's not i wouldn't say it's his uh, first to appear in english there were i think the, uh, there's this novel card which was translated into english before um, stories of the true but it was published by a tamil language publishing house um, this is the first time something is coming out in a national uh, uh, press um uh, so you know when i look back at it i didn't really understand the why when i started doing this it was just uh, you know i started translating this book um, um almost in protest like you know how could he not be in english uh, but when i look back now i think there are three ways in which a book can um, travel from a non english indian language to uh, the anglophone sphere um one is through a publisher um you know a publisher sort of identifying an important writer uh, in in um, let's say tamil and uh, you know commissioning a translator to bring it into english um and that now to me it's clear why that never happened with jemon because i think there are a lot of misconceptions about him as a person uh, in the process of pitching this book to various publishers that became quite clear and um, it was uh, also something that suchitra faced so we had to dispel a lot of myths along the way uh, to actually get him into english the second way in which uh, an author can travel is if the author him, himself or herself takes the initiative and uh, with jemo and that was never going to happen because uh, i don't think this was really uh, even today i don't think this is his priority right whatever is happening is because of um, the interest that others have shown in his writing um so it really fell on uh, you know the third way in which um, uh, uh, a book can travel is as you said through uh, the two translators who act as curators and um, that is essentially what has happened here so to me the surprising part is why 
um, hadn't any other translator picked up uh, his work before um, you know stories of the true uh, came out and i don't think i have a definitive answer to that except to say that i guess for every writer there is also a generation of translators who have to emerge uh, to take them into another language as was the case with tolstoy right it happened after many many uh, years constant gardner um, uh, uh, took his work uh, into english and um, in tamil i would also argue that um, as a writer i think jaimon is probably influenced uh people of my generation in the like 30s and 40s more than probably those in their <laughs> 60s or 70s and uh, maybe we just needed a new crop of readers who uh, i really identified with his work uh to take this to uh, you know take this across linguistic boundaries please tell us about the process of translation of this book how did you start and uh, how did you approach uh, sri jaimohan and um so i think uh, as i mentioned 2012 is when i read the book um first and then it, you know it really moved me um i um you know many of the stories that i read in the collection um, moved me to tears um i remember reading especially penance of the goddess which is tayar padam in tamil and um i was uh, you know literally <laughs> uh, crying and it reminded me so much of my own grandparents relationship so there was a deep personal impression that the book left on me and um, so even though after that i started reading more widely in tamil this was something that uh, this was a book that i cherished um so in 2017 i think uh, i read gachar gochar uh, which is uh, the kannada writer vivek shanbagh's beautiful novel um and translated uh, brilliantly by shrinath peru and uh, you know i read that uh, actually two times back to back <laughs> uh and um and you know some it sparked something in me uh, you know there was this um you know question that arose as to why should i you know if if aram hasn't been translated before why not try my hand at it uh but i did not really have any grand plans at that time except um to it was just some creative words that i wanted to uh, you know uh, give uh, space to and um, so i translated um, uh, the first story aram uh, which is the song of righteousness in english and um, i started sharing it with uh, uh, with uh, a few friends uh, who i mean some of them had read the original as well some of them who only read in english and um, the feedback was encouraging and curiously so i used to you know like uh, translate in snatches of time because i hold um, uh, a fairly intensive job in the investing world and um, i didn't really um, have the uh, I, or i didn't create the time to do this in a disciplined way i would say um, so i i you know uh, basically translate in these snatches of time that i got like on flights from chennai to delhi and so on on, on one such flight um i was translating and this lady next to me she asked me if i was a writer um and i said no i'm i mean I, that, that's how i answered it back then today i would probably say translators are also writers but i i clarified that uh, i was just translating um this collection of stories and this turned out to be prabhashree devan who is also a translator from tamil to english she's yeah she's uh, translated uh, 
um chudamani and uh, i think more recently uvesa's essays and so on so uh, this was a very serendipitous meeting and um i took up her offer to uh, read and give me feedback so i sent her the stories and um, she was also quite encouraging um uh, and i got some good feedback from her so all of this gave me the confidence to then approach jemon uh, so after i had done like three or four stories um i sent it along to him and i asked him for permission uh, to translate the entire collection and um he almost immediately said yes um until today i wonder where he got the confidence from but uh, yeah i'm glad he 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 took that leap of faith was it subjected to any editing or any yeah so uh, it was a long journey from there a long and winding road i would say before i got it to uh, you know publication in 2022 because as i said i wasn't doing it in a very disciplined way to begin with um i think really between 2017 and 2020 i would do one story here one story there and uh, there'd be a, a long hiatus in between um because largely because of the nature of my work um so i started spending time um in a concerted way on the collection only in 2020 i think when the pandemic happened um so the entire sort of work from home framework gave me the ability to spend at least a couple of hours on this uh, endeavor um uh, daily and uh, you know and then i sent started sharing this with um, writers as well like for instance mr p a krishnan who is a bilingual writer in tamil and english um, so i found people uh, to share this with and get more and more feedback because i thought that was important um, uh, to make sure that i'm headed in the right direction um, then once i had like eight and stories uh, the question of what i'm going to do with this now came up and um, i spoke with mr kalyan raman and um, which we not perura i think i mailed him uh, perhaps and both of them um, enlightened me to this um, community of people called literary agents who i had no idea of at that point and uh, both of them mentioned kanishka gupta's name um, uh, he runs the writer side which is i think the leading literary agency in india um, so i spoke to him he asked me to send along the stories and uh, it was sort of a mini pitch i would say because i had to convince him first but uh, luckily for me he absolutely loved the stories and um, within a couple of days he had read them and um, he told me that he's very excited to take this to publishers um while this was happening i think uh, i was also i'm i'm someone who likes a structured learning process um so i was on the once i knew that i wanted to pursue this seriously i started looking out for avenues where i could um, uh, hone my craft so i attended a couple of translation workshops one run by daniel han who's a um, award winning translator from i think spanish and portuguese into english and um, also debora smith who uh, won the booker international for the vegetarian uh, korean novel um so i put myself through some of these workshops um and soon after that um a, 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 this program called south asia speaks was launched in 2021 by um sonia felerio who's a writer um so i applied to that and i was selected into the cohort uh, i got the opportunity to work with aruna vasinha um on this particular book um right so um we used to have these short 
20-25 minute sessions where he'd give me very very um, you know insightful feedback on on my translations and that helped me um, improve the stories uh, to a great extent and um, so that's that's how uh, things happened and of course I must also thank Suchitra who read the entire manuscript when it was done and um, you know helped me uh, improve it even further and uh, of course there was an editing process at Jagannath's end um, there was a copy editor who they engaged to look over the text and uh, um, that was also a fairly intensive exercise uh, given that it was my first such experience and uh, finally I think uh, the book came out in August 2022. So what is the major learning for you? Interactions with uh, various people, copy editors, other fellow translators, as far as the translation goes, where you started and where the book ended up? The biggest learning for me uh, is probably encapsulated in what Arunava um, told me in one of our discussions and it really stayed with me, which is going from translating content to translating intent. Um, and, uh, you know, when I started off, obviously there was a great fidelity to the text. And um, I was very conscious of the fact that I need to, I should not add or subtract to what has been written by Jemon. Um, uh, but, you know, there are, while, you know, that is important, it is equally important to make sure that um, ultimately what you're writing in English um, renders the same impression on the reader that, you know, they as they would have if they read the, uh, as they would have had if they read the original text in Tamil. And for that, you do need to take certain creative liberties. And um, this is what makes translation an interesting exercise as well, right? So constantly you're in this sort of tension um, uh, between fidelity uh, and, uh, you know, creativity. And, um, and, and so you have to make a lot of choices um, in the process. So I think I got better at making those choices um, by putting myself through some of these workshops and mentorship programs. Wonderful. Now, um, the place where uh, writer J. Mohan hails from, Snagar Koil. And uh, all these stories, I think they are based on real persons only. In fact, at the end of the book, uh, there are details. And uh, one interesting thing about uh, these stories, majority of the stories, if you take uh, Piruvali or Churning Curd or Meal Tally, you can see... Uh, there is a lot of peaceful coexistence uh, and positive influence of one religion over the other. It is certainly a reflection of what we are as a state. Um, you know, there is a lot of plurality um, uh, in, in, in this region uh, in terms of both, I would say, language and religion, um, especially Kanyakumari, I think, given that it's been a melting uh, part of both Tamil and Malayalam in some way. So it's both linguistic and religious diversity is, is definitely there. And uh, that reflects itself, uh, um, you know, finds its way into the uh, stories as well. Um, having said that, I think I would also mention that uh, the fact that we are noticing it is probably a reflection of our times because this shouldn't really raise an eyebrow. <laughs> but... Uh, the, the fact that we're noticing it, I think, tells me more than what's uh, in the text. Um, 
but i also wonder when you say that i also wonder whether this was always the case right i don't know if there was um, always a peaceful co- coexistence um, i remember in this uh, scroll interview that suchitra and i um, did with jamon he sp- speaks about his early years um, in this region and he talks about how there was a christian hegemony at that point of time and uh, to the point that um, you know uh, temples were not allowed to ring the bells and uh, uh, they had those clappers had to be um, you know covered with cloth so that the noise wouldn't uh, uh, i mean uh, emerge so um, so i think it's also something that they have worked hard at i don't think it has been so automatic um, you know he talks about how uh, later on there were leaders uh, also within the christian community who spoke for um uh, a peaceful coexistence who spoke for uh, you know living harmoniously uh, uh, you know uh, between uh, the various communities so i think it's something that they have uh, um worked uh, hard at is is the sense that i get um but beyond all that i feel um as far as literature goes what is important is not the representation itself what is important is how honest you are about the world that you are depicting and how authentically you are depicting it right so uh, for instance one could write about uh, disharmony in a uh, 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 just because you want to uh, uh, paint a picture of political activism and so on so uh, the question is really for me how authentically and uh, honestly you are writing about um so there is uh, there shouldn't be a perverse interest to uh, talk up harmony or disharmony it should really reflect the world that um uh, uh, you are uh, putting on paper so um that for me is important like for instance i was recently reading this uh, novel navedyam which is written by poomani um he's another great contemporary tamil writer and um he he writes about this village that is going through an agrarian crisis and um, there are obviously there are uh, you know there are brahmin communities who are more well off and they are landed and uh, there are other castes um, you know there are dalits who are uh, more laborers but it's written in a way that is not um, it's uh, so i mean it's you know the caste works in insidious ways it doesn't work in a very obvious way um in 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 real life in in many of these places and um i found that he rendered that very beautifully right um so there were no um like uh, there were no um acerbic voices rising in uh, you know in 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 uh, uh, in uh, favor of the laborers or it it was a very balanced and very real world that he was presenting and i think i feel that uh, that is what makes us relate to these books even more yeah yeah absolutely now one more interesting thing about uh, the way writer jaymohan depicts the environment there normally when you uh, read any regional language writing i would say indian writing um, you see there will be lot of references to the let us say the culture the food and all that and the terrain of course uh, if there is any specific uh, characteristic of the terrain they talk about the terrain too now instead of that uh, 
there are a lot of references to um, literary giants and writers and you he talks about uh, he mentions about sundar ram swami mm. mauni and uh, some magazines manikodi kumudam subhamangala there are many many references uh, in that case he talks about freedom fighters and all i find that very interesting and very elucidating too right you get to know um, the culture through the people great people who lived i really liked it uh, that part i think there's probably both um you know there are uh, there are stories with so there are two kinds of stories in this collection right one is uh, in, in in tamil uh, we call it agam and puram um, the interior world and the uh, exterior world so to say um so you have a set of stories um like uh, the penance of the goddess uh, song of righteousness even um peacock blue and so on which are i would say um are uh, you know uh, stories which focus on the interior world and um, you would probably find uh, references to more references to culture in in those um and then there are stories which deal with the exterior world um like some of the ones that you mentioned and that's where i think we um uh, find references to uh, other personalities um and so on so it's also interesting that uh, you know jaymon um when he talks about aram he says or in general his writing he says that he thinks of himself as a bard or, or a pauranika um so there is a great tradition in tamil if you go back to sangam literature uh, for example where uh, um poets sang of others um so there's a hat tip to that in elephant doctor as well where uh, Uh, Dr. V. Krishnamurti talks of this poet Kabilar. Um, Kabilar, of course, famously sang of many kings, including Pari. And um, Jaimon often invokes that example to illustrate uh, his point on why he thinks of himself as a bard. And I think that's what's happened with stories of the true. So, in a way, he is singing praises of uh, you know many of these great souls who lived um, and showed us how to live. and in that process obviously you know if you're talking about uh, the world of a writer um, whether it's an aram or peacock blue then you are going to pepper it with um, you know the names of other writers that uh, they interacted with and that's what's really happening for me um, as a reader when i um, when i came to this book for the first time it almost served as a quick primer on um, you know tamil literature itself because um it was uh, introducing me to many ca- many um you know names that i had never heard of before um but at the same time as a translator this was a bit of a challenge because there are many arcane references and i wondered if somebody reading it in english who's not familiar with this milieu would really get it um but i drew confidence from two things one is that when i read it for the first time even though i was tamil i didn't know any of i mean mo- most of the characters were mentioned uh, in the book or most of the personalities were mentioned in the book but uh, the stories nevertheless transmitted themselves to me and second um, we do live in the age of the internet where uh, you know learning about uh, uh, these things is just one click away so i felt that a curious reader would um, would make the effort themselves no i googled about mauni after reading periwali now uh, i bought uh, mauni's uh, short stories which were translated into english 
still he's a very tough nut to crack whole story is kind of a metaphor i believe i think he's a, one of the great writers uh, that you have in tamil he wrote very few stories i believe i think yeah i i'm actually guilty of not having read mauni so far so i'll probably get to it after this podcast now that you've mentioned it coming back to stories of the true most of these stories have a very solid spiritual streak in them um for that matter peruvali palm leaf cross and one world i consider them as a trilogy it's all about spirituality in a dealt in a very interesting way differently in all three stories yeah i think uh, that's a very um astute observation you make um yes if you think of spirituality as um as an as a um association with something that's bigger than yourself um you know you can call it by different names universe cosmos god you know whatever that might be for you if you think of spirituality as an association um with something bigger than yourself uh, or a search for something bigger than yourself then certainly i think um what you're saying is true you can think of these three uh, stories as uh, you know um as as a sort of trilogy uh in, in this theme um but i also think that that element is there in all of the stories um in one way or the other because um you know when i was sitting uh, you know when i uh, reflected on the book after i finished translating it it almost felt like there was you know in many of the stories there was this one character who had uh, understood what the meaning of their life was what the purpose of their life was and was working towards it whereas there was another character um who was still on that journey um you know so if you look at palmley cross for instance there's howard somerville who has figured out his life when he's just uh, you know working with a missionary zeal um uh, you know uh, towards a particular objective and um, then you have this young man who is still grappling with this faith and um, so he's still in that search in search for of that truth you know what, what is the truth um, you know for himself and um, that's for me what made these stories very um, real and very um, interesting is this there's this tension between uh, you know someone who all, who who knows and someone who's uh, in the search for truth yes in fact as far as palm leaf uh, cross is concerned it's uh, one of the best endings of a short story that i have come across <laughs> in my limited exposure period mm. coming to the translation part of it right mm, uh, when i was reading it right uh, two of the stories uh, one is noor uh, narkali that is 100 arm chairs other one is the churning cut uh, i was just wondering how you could translate them the noornarkalgal the 100 am chairs is a very very emotionally draining story and uh, when you are translating it probably i don't know you must have read it uh, 20 times 30 times and the other one is churning cut because uh, there are lot of references to kambaramayana verses are there and, uh, which of these stories uh, you had a sigh of relief as soon as you finished translation probably every one of them because this was my first collection but uh, jokes apart i think um um 
there were two kinds of challenges i would say in translating these stories and i uh, maybe even translating jaimon in general one is the intensity of his prose right and um the in- intensity of the stories themselves you can't you know while you're translating it word for word by word or line by line you still cannot dissociate yourself completely from the power of these stories so as you said um you know even as i was translating it in many of the stories i uh, had tears in my eyes and um you almost go into this uh, intense world and when you even even if i do a couple of pages sometimes i would feel um like i was exhausted by the time i was fi- finished with the exercise that is one um i think the other is other challenge was of course rendering this emotionality into a new language and in some ways i think um i think of english as <laughs> a world that is almost you know sanitized right uh, you're not given to these big emotions whereas in tamil and maybe i would say in various other non english indian languages um we are uh, expressive people we are uh, emotional people and um i feel that that should not be sandpapered um you know that's the way it's been rendered in tamil and that's the way it should um, you know transfer itself to the english audience as well in some ways maybe uh, they are also uh, it's it's also cultural uh, exposure as much as a linguistic exposure right so um you know that that should not be sandpapered and i was very conscious of that when i was translating these stories um the two specific stories that you speak of a hundred armchairs i actually found it to be one of the easier stories to translate um i think certainly the experience of the story is very intense um however from a from a um a language perspective it was not very difficult to capture the mood of that story um the one thing that in fact lent itself well to translation is uh, um is the fact that this mother character is seen as a outsider right she's seen as a uh, as, as an almost alien character and uh, you know she even the even the language that she uses uh, is understood to be tamil but it's really not it's the strange language that she speaks uh, she says tamra tamra uh, you know to uh, when she cries out to um, you know the the master so to say and so just retaining some of that um you know in 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 the uh, uh, retain in the translation i retain some of the original lines and i felt that uh, that um it, it sort of gave it that alien character for um for the mother so i found um that it was it lent itself quite well to translation the two the one story that i actually uh, or other two i would say that i found um, that i had to work hard at was one was peacock blue and the other one was uh, nutcase um nutcase because i think humor is one of the toughest things to translate um and uh, you can't disassociate um humor from pumedes character right and uh, he is an eccentric and uh, therefore you know uh, the the entire story is um, in that hasya rasa if i can call it and uh, you know that i i had to convey that uh, there were those witty remarks that he makes um, in english and um, that was difficult the other one was uh, peacock blue because the um, the entire story 
um is uh, is 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 built on the atmosphere um you know of the place um and also the atmosphere that music uh, brings and um uh, you know for someone who's not familiar with carnatic when you know if you're familiar with carnatic music and especially in 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 tamil um i think toondil pulvinai pol there's a there's a line and that will automatically evoke an image in you um you don't need to explain it um but you know for a, someone who's reading it in english um it won't be as easy to picture just from the words so i had to uh, and i i couldn't um you know be explanatory explanatory about these verses um in the translation right that would just completely destroy the uh, the musicality of the story and um just glo- uh, learning how to gloss some of those things and um i i was actually that was one of the stories that gave me a lot of satisfaction when i was done with it um churning curd is well uh, since you mentioned it uh, similar i mean i had never translated poetry before um i still haven't uh, you know except uh, uh, for the verses that featured in aram in the aram collection um but there was those were only a couple of passages the rest of it was um you know largely moves through dialogue now your collaboration with uh, fellow translator uh, suchitra ramchandran uh, could you please uh, tell us about it i think suchitra and i curiously we um were introduced to each other through uh, the letters that we used to write to jem mohan um and jem mohan publishes a lot of the reader letters on his blog um so i knew of her and she knew of me um because obviously you don't have i mean uh, too many women or as many uh, uh, you know you don't have uh, uh, you have probably more men than women writing in so it's uh, it just stands out so we knew of each other and uh, um we met at um, actually a meet that uh, demon had organized uh, to uh get introduced to his new readers so he was doing uh, a number of these across uh, tamil nadu and uh, while she's based in switzerland she happened to be visiting india and uh, we met for the first time in tanjavur where this um, you know meet was happening and at that point i had maybe translated a couple of stories from aram and uh, she had translated uh, periyamma and sorpal which Periyamma's words, which went on to win the Asymptote Prize, so we just found that uh, we had very similar interests and similar inclinations. But um, at that point, um, it wasn't much more than that. I think we just knew of each other and um, we were in touch uh, very sporadically. Um, it was when um, I think we got serious about doing book-length work that we started sort of um, interacting um, more. And today, I think um, um, we uh, uh, we we share our translations with each other and uh, seek feedback. That that is one. But we've also gone on to collaborate um, in this initiative called Mori um, because we felt that. um and, and it was also a realization that we came to in the process of pitching our books that um there is not enough of a dialogue um between readers in various languages and uh, you know while we keep um complaining about the publishing industry not 
knowing enough uh, about the writers in various languages i think it's not possible humanly possible unless you have a very robust uh, dialogue going on and um, we we felt that a platform like mori was essential to uh, foreground um, some of these conversations so um we started this the first year we uh, launched the mori prize uh, that was in 2022 um which uh, awarded translations from uh, tamil to english these were short story translations and uh, we hope to do more this year very, very nice now what are the projects that you are currently working on um so at this point i'm working on um, a novel um again by jay mohan this is a historical novel called velayani um so the working title is white elephant in english um so how this happened was i was uh, i applied to the american literary translators association uh, mentorship program uh and i got selected and this was the work that i had pitched as part of that so um this is a historical novel that is set in uh, the late 1800s um and interestingly it's set in madras and that was one of the uh hooks for me because i come from this city and i um felt this is a book that i must translate it belongs to me in some ways <laughs> and um so i got and and um, it is um actually told through the eyes of a foreigner and perhaps it's the first tamil novel to do so um so the protagonist is an irishman uh, an irish police officer who is working under the british crown and um one of the reasons i chose this for the mentorship program was i felt there are um, various foreign voices in the book and indian voices too so uh, working with someone who was a mentor who um was not familiar with tamil i felt would actually help in um, in 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 um, in, the, in the search for the right language for the novel right so um i so i work with karim uh, abu james zaid who's uh, an arabic to english translator um and greatly benefited from his uh, feedback as well um in that process i discovered this penheim uh, grant and um, so i applied to it and uh, i was fortunate to be selected as well um and it was the first time uh, uh a novel or a work from any of the south indian languages was being picked in the grant um so that was a very uh, gratifying moment um so so with all of this assistance i've been um, uh, you know making progress on this novel i have uh, completed a full draft and i'm now working on revising and editing it so when is it coming out um i don't have a date yet because i've just begun pitch, pitching it to publishers and um, i'm hoping that um, it will happen in you know by the end of this year let's see <laughs> fingers crossed translation i read somewhere it's kind of a meditative reading and uh, stories of the true reading stories of the true is a very very intense experience Uh, what kind of an effect uh, it had on you um i'm not sure if uh, you know um any one book can like completely change your life um but what i can certainly say is it um this is a book that 
set me on or, or opened many doors for me. Uh, one is, of course, as I said, the Tamil literature itself. Um, uh, second is in terms of discovering my um, passion for translation. Uh, both of these happen through this collection. There is no doubt about that. Um, I think the other, I mean, if I if I just treat it as a work and keep aside what it's done to me, um, you know, from a from a um, from a writing point of view, um, I think uh, for me the biggest um, you know um, takeaway from the collection was the fact that uh, you know are these these are stories about idealists. And um, you know, uh, I I I would like to think of myself in, in my early in my uh, late teens and early twenties. That's how I thought of myself. And over time, uh, somewhere uh, you know, uh, the life and the experiences uh, probably upgraded that idealism, and uh, these stories really brought that back. And as Jaimon says, um, it isn't. Um, it isn't uh, an unattainable idealism, right? So all of these characters, they, um, they, uh, you know, their idealism or their search for truth exists in parallel with all the realities of life. Um, it is not something that is completely romanticized and um, it is un- unattainable. And uh, I think that that uh, it so it was a it was a book that served as a reminder um, uh, for that and. Um, and I think, uh, you know, whenever uh, I, I, I uh, think about all the challenges uh, in even, you know, pursuing uh, this career in translation, um, because, you know, you're doing this aside, uh, alongside a full-time job and so on and so forth. Um, you know, I remind myself of the missionary zeal with which some of these characters worked. And uh, even Jaimon himself, I think, is a personification of that missionary zeal. And uh, so, yeah, it, it, it serves as a daily inspiration as well. <laughs> okay, wonderful. Uh, thank you. In fact, uh, writer Jaimon is quite popular in Telugu too. Um, thanks to my good friend uh, Avineni Bhaskar. He's a wonderful translator and uh, he started translating uh, Aram stories uh, from Tamil to Telugu. And uh, some of them got published in Imata, very popular. Uh, e-magazine and uh, they're just loud so widely you know a lot of critical acclaim and uh, many people wrote to him and uh, Chaya Publications of Hyderabad they are going to publish uh, the Aram stories into Telugu and uh, Jay Mohan sir uh, you know told uh, Bhaskar that uh, he will be here in Hyderabad during the launch of the book amazing yeah we hope to to see you in Hyderabad very soon. I, I believe it is going to um, get launched in the month of uh, August, I believe. That's wonderful. I mean, I'm very, very, very happy to hear that. August would mean exactly one year since the book came out in English. I'm thrilled to hear about uh, about this and I'd love to be there. Do let me know. Hope to see you soon in Hyderabad. Uh, all the very best to you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Anil. Thank you for having me on the podcast.